Locked On Texans, your daily Houston Texans podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome in, ladies and gentlemen, to another installment of Locked On Texans, your daily podcast covering your favorite football team every single day. And as always, I'm your host, Cody Davis, along with my partner in crime. John, some sports guy Hickman, the disappointed yet slightly impressed half of the Locked On Texans duo. This is your daily Texans talk and news podcast on the Locked On Podcast Network, where you can find us on all of the major podcasting platforms, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Megaphone, and Spotify. This episode is brought to you by Pepsi. Thanks to a lack of natural athleticism or commitment or overbearing sports parents, Fewer than 1% of 1% of 1% of people will ever play professional football. But instead of entering the NFL, they've joined another league, the League of Football Watchers. This football season will be different. We know it. But Pepsi is here to get us ready for game day, no matter how we all watch it. Pepsi is a refreshment you need to power through game day anytime. Because Pepsi isn't made for those who play the game. It's made for those who watch it. Today is our recap show. That's what Mondays are for, right? For those of you who couldn't catch the game, today you'll get some of the highlights, lowlights, stats, and for those who caught it, I'm sure you're just trying to forget the last seconds of yesterday's game. Cody and I have our thoughts on the offense, defense, and ultimately how yesterday's 26-20 loss to the AFC South rivals Indianapolis Colts in a game Cody, that was very winnable on many occasions for Houston, especially heading into the fourth quarter. Uh, Just very crushing for Houston, but also impressive in some areas. And so we're going to have an opportunity to discuss that. Deshaun Watson, who is now 2-4 and against Indy, threw for 341 yards, one interception along with a rushing touchdown with 38 yards. In the first game without Will Fuller, the testament of how of how great he is, really displayed more on Sunday. Finding Kiki QT and Chad Henson, who never caught a pass from Deshaun Watson in a regulation game, they both combined for 13 catches for 242 yards, the first pair of Texans receiver to have over 100 yards this season. And David Johnson's return, he ran for 44 yards, one touchdown on 10 carries. Well, Duke Johnson, as much as I hate to say this, it kind of looks like reality is striking back in. Duke went back to his minute workload of just eight yards on two carries. Defensively, Texan struggled early, allowing Phillip Rivers to finish the first half with three incompletions, basically not being able to get to him and disrupt him in any ways. And, well, T.Y. Hilton is still T.Y. Hilton when it comes to playing Houston because, man, he kicked the game off with a touchdown, of course, on Philip Games, and I can't wait to have that discussion as well because at some point you have to see what your young guys can do. But the team gave every opportunity to win this game in the second half by not allowing a score after halftime. And the only second half score came on a safety. The team accounted for three sacks coming by Watt, AJ Moore, and Jacob Martin. Listeners, I am sure Cody can't wait to bring up the fact that Brian Anger, the punter, had more tackles than Whitney Merciless, who makes $12 million this year. Cody, I'm not sure how long we will see Merciless here in Houston 
and continue to give him more time than Martin. But I know we'll save this for the defensive discussion during the later part of the show. I got two questions to ask after watching yesterday's game. And listeners, I also want you guys to think about this as well and dwell on it and tweet us. Can we discuss the good that we saw from the loss? And let's also address the bad from Sunday's loss. Look, I got a lot to talk about about this game. Offensively, defensively, there was a lot of good. There was some bad. But, John, we're going to get into that on the other side of the break. But what I do want to say is this, regardless of the outcome, I am proud of the Houston Texans today because they fought. When you take into consideration everything that went on this week, you know, from losing two of your key guys, Will Fuller and Bradley Roby to PED, PED use, then, you know, just look how much was thrown at them in the game. They lost Pharaoh Brown due to a concussion. They played a couple of drives without Brandon Cooks because he was dealing with a so-called concussion. As we know, he came back a little bit later and was part of that phenomenal drive towards the end of the game. And I also want to bring up this fact. Deshaun Watson has nothing to be disappointed about. You know, we talk about him as you know, MVP caliber player. We talk about the growth that we are seeing on the field. But I also want to say, we are literally watching this Sean Watson grow as a leader of this organization because everyone knows who fought that fumble was towards the end of the game. And, and everyone knows who I'm about to put this loss on because he didn't mess up not just one time, but he messed up twice. Deshaun Watson actually took ownership for this loss because he said that he prides himself on catching every single snap. He didn't point no fingers. The guy took ownership over something that, in my eyes, wasn't even his fault. It was a bad snap. But all I know is this. Deshaun Watson, I think this is the type of loss that we're going to see Deshaun Watson take his play. It may not be this year because, I mean, at this point, they're four and eight. The possibility of them getting to the playoffs is literally slim to none at this point. I don't know what they're going to be playing for in these last couple of games, but this is the type of loss that we're about to see Deshaun Watson take his play to another level. And I am just so impressed by not just his performance on yesterday, but I'm more impressed of him as a leader. So, John, listeners, we're going to discuss what happened on offense. We're going to discuss what happened on defense coming up on the other side of the break. Between the never-ending laundry cycles, incoming emails, Cody, I know you hate those emails. You've got plenty of your to-do list. Give yourself one less thing to worry about and let DoorDash take care of your next meal. You want Chinese, your wife want pizza, the kids are running around, and they want Froyo. There's something for everyone on DoorDash. Continue supporting restaurants in your community safely. There are thousands of restaurants open for delivery on DoorDash that need your patronage now more than ever. Support your favorite restaurants on DoorDash. You've counted on restaurants, now they're counting on you. And while their dining rooms may be closed, they're still open for delivery 
with DoorDash. DoorDash is the app that brings you food you're craving right now, right to your door. Ordering is easy. Open the DoorDash app. Choose what you want to eat and your food will be safely outside of your door with new contactless delivery drop-off settings. Right now, our listeners, that's you guys, can get $5 off and zero delivery fees on their first order of $15 or more when you download the DoorDash app and enter code LOCKEDON. That's L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N. Don't forget, the code is LOCKEDON. L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N for $5 off your first order with DoorDash. Hey, Coach, um, given everything this team has went through this week with the suspensions and even in this game with injuries, can you just talk about the level of fight that this team showcased today? Well, I tell you what, they're, they're tremendous guys. And, and all season, you know, we've had to deal with several different things, uh, the pa- pandemic being the biggest one, uh, but injuries, suspensions, and they keep going out and they keep fighting. Uh, as evidence today, we fought all the way to the end, and and probably we felt like that we were going to win it, you know. And except for one play, we probably would have won it, but we didn't win it. But I told those guys to hold their heads up because their will to win was exhibited today on the football field. They played a total game, the whole game, and it's never perfect. These games are never perfect. But if you play hard and put your heart and soul into it, then you give yourself the best chance. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to Locked On Texans, only on the Locked On Podcast Network. Cody Davis, John, some sports guy, Higman, as you know, on the Locked On Podcast Network on the NFL channel, every single week we do our crossover show. And I'm pretty sure John cannot wait to do our crossover this week as we, of course, take on the Chicago Bears, which means John is going to be talking about or may I say, teasing about the fact that the Chicago Bears not only passed up on Patrick Mahomes, but they also passed up on Deshaun Watson. And then we see the quarterback fiasco that's going on in Chicago right now. So we're going to talk about that later on this week. But of course, right now, we're going to discuss the Houston Texans 26-20, to the heartbreaking 26-20 to loss against the Indianapolis Colts on yesterday. And of course, we're going to start talking about this offense. And John... I want to say, was this one of the best offensive performances I've, I've ever seen from this team? No, it wasn't even the best offensive performance I've seen this year from this Houston Texans team. But like I said in the first segment, I am so proud of the Houston Texans for the fight that they showed. The fact that they went out there and had Kiki QT and Chad Hansen step up and both of them had over 100 receiving yards. That lets you know the fight the Texans went into this game. And Hanson, this is a guy who literally moved up from the practice squad this week. We know about Deshaun Watson. David Johnson, even though his finals numbers say the complete opposite, he had a pretty solid return in the first half. In the first half, he recorded 37 yards on six carries, um, an average of six and a half yards per attempt. Of course, he had that one touchdown. John, I'm so frustrated because I'm putting this loss. I'm not putting it on the defense. I'm putting on. I'm putting this loss on the offensive line. That performance that they gave on yesterday was uncalled for. And 
I know right now everybody is down on Nick Martin, and we're going to talk about Nick Martin as well because I'm damn sure putting the loss on him. And I'm more so putting the loss on him because the fact that he allowed Justin Houston to sack Deshaun Watson. And if you go back and look at that play, what was he looking at? Justin Houston literally ran right up the middle, right in front of him to sack Deshaun Watson for that safety. I, I just don't understand what in the hell was he looking at? Now, I understand that Houston came in on a stunt. I understand that. But, John, you, you could attest to this more than I can because you are a former O-lineman. Not a very good one, might I add, but I did play, <laughs> yes. But it don't matter because you, as long as you played, you should understand as an offensive lineman, it's your job to have a quick reaction time and keeping your head on the swivel. That's what the Texan organization is paying this man for. You have the fifth highest paid center in the NFL. Listen, um, to break that play down, to, to understand what it was, because they were backed up. They were at the one-yard line. And here's a visual, because I saw a few of you blame Deshaun after the game when, you know, the, the video of him sitting on the sideline kind of goes viral in Houston's media with the towel over his head. And I saw a few of you say, well, he did throw a pick. He did take a sack. That was not a pick. And, I, and, I, and I'm mentioning that because I want you guys to, even if you have to go buy bifocals, get a pair of glasses and watch what's going on in the game. I also want to add that uh, CBS had the graphic for the Indianapolis Colts at eight and four right before the snap. I kid you not. I tried to screenshot it while I was watching on my phone, but because it was a sports app of the NFL Network, I couldn't do so. But I guarantee you guys, they were eight and four before this, the uh, fumble, the snap fumble by Nick Martin on the other side of the uh, field to when the game happened. But to go back to that, so when we look at what the coach did, you had Tyquan Lewis start inside, Justin Houston started outside. Uh, Lewis did a very good job of initiating that first push inside to sail the stunt. And as soon as he did, you saw Houston, uh, Justin Houston, shoot right in. And so that stunt for the right side of the offensive line where we've acknowledged growth in Titus Howard, uh, but we also understand that he's still a, a long way from where we want him to be for, for Deshaun Watson. We've also acknowledged how disappointing, sad, garbage, if you like French, Zach Fulton has been this year. And Zach Fulton and Titus Howard, they struggle with defensive stunts. Uh, and you just so happen to play a, a very good defensive line that has Justin Houston uh DeForest Buckner, I can keep going on how good this defensive front is. So once they did that, and you're taking the fact that he couldn't step up, right? He couldn't just throw it away. Because if he threw it away, if I believe correctly, he would have that would have resulted in a safety anyways, because he would have he would have not um been out of the box. Uh, so he couldn't have did that. And he he the opportunity for him to make a pass just to get it out of there would have maybe resulted in an interception, so he was thinking to himself, there's too much going on. He couldn't step up because the pressure was literally coming from the inside when Justin Houston stunted. So he couldn't step up, couldn't step out, couldn't get rid of the ball because of every option was bad. 
That's how bad that offensive line did not give him the opportunity to make a play. And then when we go on the other side of the field, we look at uh, the snap phone. Nick Martin is the fifth highest paid center in the NFL. And I want to apologize to my friend, Evan Phillips. Um, we had a discussion about this about two years ago and how you were thinking you could, the Texas, it was time for Texas to upgrade from Nick Martin. And I was really trying to uh, defend him. But after this season, especially after yesterday with the game on the line, that performance was deplorable. It, we've seen decline throughout this offensive line from the veteran guys, not named Larry Thompson, right? We've seen uh, Nick Martin. We've seen Zach Fulton uh, just have bad games and they've had a very bad year. And so for you to put the pressure, or not pressure, but the blame on the offensive line, that's all fair. It's all fair. Uh, we, we acknowledge that that interception was not an intercept interception in the NFL. That was a, a nice screw job. Thank you. No fun league. We appreciate it. Uh, also with the graphics showing that we were going to lose regardless of what happened. Uh, but offensively, I do want to say this. We were asking ourselves maybe once a week, maybe once a week, at least maybe three times a month. When are we going to see who? Listeners, Cody. Kiki QT. And for the last, since the playoff game, since his breakout playoff game against Indy, where he had over 100 yards, seldomly saw him play football, seldomly saw him take snaps. And in the last two games, what I saw from QT was, well, three games, why did we sign Randall Cobb and give him $18 million? Why? Why was that ever a belief that Houston needed Randall Cobb. We've seen a lot of mismanagement <laughs> across this team, which is, you know, more than partially why Houston is in the predicament they're in now, especially at head coach and GM. But Kiki QT looks like the X factor that Cody and I, uh, other listeners and other fans of this team have always believed he'd be since he came out of Texas Tech. But the story of the game yesterday, offensively, two stories. And this is a true story. The offensive line played piss poor. Played piss poor. Uh, but the presence Deshaun Watson has in the pocket. That's also the story. Indy finished the game with how many sacks, Cody? They finished with five. And, and I'm glad that you brought this up because I don't want the listeners, I don't want nobody to sit here and think that we are blaming the offensive line because of what happened on that safety and what happened on that bad snap. They played terrible throughout the whole entire game. And John, you hit the nail right on the coffin. It seemed like we are seeing a steady decline from the veterans not named Laramie Tunsil. And it's not just this game. This game was the nail in the coffin for the offensive line as a whole because throughout the season, there was always other things we had we had to talk about and, and just talk about how bad things look, no matter if it was the, the, the Texans' run game or, you know, how bad their defense looked. But the offensive line, 
I, whoever comes in as general manager, they're going to have to fix this lineup because outside of yeah. Laramie Tunsil and, and Titus Howard, because I think Titus Howard is, is doing a decent job, especially for a guy who is coming in. I would like to call this his true first season because we all know he only played, what was it, about six to eight games during his rookie season, and then he got hurt tan his ACL. But the interior line, when you look at guys like Zach Fulton, um, Nick Martin, it, it just doesn't make any kind of sense. Now, I don't have the final stats in front of me, but I do know in the first half, on Deshaun Watson's 26 dropbacks during the first half, the Indianapolis Colts pressured him 12 times. DeForest Buckner finished with two sacks. Justin Houston finished with three sacks, uh, both combined for two uh, tackles for loss. So four overall between those two along, and they were getting pressure throughout the entire game. Deshaun Watson just did an amazing job stepping up in the pressure, eluding pressure, using his feet, using his shoulders, keeping his eyes downfield while still moving his feet. This was this was the Quincy Avery game that he mentioned. When we see it, we're gonna all say, "Wow, this is this is where he's at right now." Like those are, to say to. For so many words, that's what he was saying. This is where Deshaun is right now. And with the five sacks, it could have been four more. He has just been that good. But in yesterday's game, uh, working the pocket in and out, keeping those feet moving, making plays downfield. The uh, the pass to Kiki QT at the end of the game where, you know, by the way, if Deshaun was able to have a clean pocket and drop that in the, in the basket of QT, we're having a totally different conversation. They win that game. He walks in. But because of the pressure, Deshaun had to step up, maneuver, and, and put, some, put some mustard on it, which caused for a QT to adjust. So there's no adjustment to catch the ball. QT's walking in, right? But on, on that pass alone, he had to do a lot just to get the ball off. And I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to step away from it. I'm going to step away. But overall, what we saw out of QT and Chad Henson, uh, what we saw out of Deshaun Watson and the growth on the field, uh, those are the two good things. What we saw out of that offensive line throughout the entire game, that is the bad. The bad that we've been seeing throughout the entire year. But it sucks when it comes down to a game that's been winnable the entire fourth quarter. I told you guys about Built Bar, how great Built Bar is, but also left out some very important details that you need to know. They have 18 amazing flavors, including nut and non-nut flavors. Six new flavors, which includes my favorite, the caramel brownie, along with the cookies and cream. My grandmother loves that one. They still have the 12 original flavors, the raspberry, the German chocolate, along with the peanut butter. The bars are covered in 100% chocolate, soft and easy to chew. And this is for the healthy conscious guy like myself who wants to lose weight but doesn't want to give up a lot of the sweets right you can lose and maintain weight while indulging in a delicious treat the balls are low calorie low sugar high protein and high fiber and great for a keto diet and here's another thing bill bar is doing for their customers right now you get a free cooler with the purchase while supplies last which is only for a few weeks or so so, so go ahead and hop on that right now go to billboard.com and use promo code locked on and you'll get ten dollars off your next order Again, use promo code locked on to get $10 off your next order. Don't miss the biggest stories from around the NFL as Monday's locked on NFL host Peter 
Burkowski interviews the local experts on the biggest stories around the league. Big wins, shocking endings, top performances, and unexpected developments get the in-depth analysis and insightful breakdowns from those in the know every Monday on Locked On NFL. Subscribe to Locked On NFL wherever you get your podcast. Defensively, I think Houston, outside of the first half, and I don't want to exclude it like it never happened because when we look at an NFL game, all four quarters are all-inclusive. And we, I can give you at least two other games where if Houston would have played a certain way the entire game, then we're not looking at four and eight, right? I can go to the Vikings game and I can go to the Pittsburgh Steelers game where if they play that game defensively and offensively, a total for four quarters straight, we're not looking at the predicament we're in right now. Uh, but so in the first half defensively, Houston was bad. You know, Phillip Rivers ended that, ended that first half with only three incompletions. Was not really able to get after him and cause him too many pressures. Uh, and then when you look at T.Y. Hilton, who hadn't had over 100 yards and God knows when, coming to this game, plays Houston, and Phillip Gaines, who, I mean, I'm just tired of seeing him out on the field. Nothing that they do actually helps him to help the team. Uh, but on a crossing route, Hilton was able to beat Hilton. Hilton was able to beat Gaines and, and score a touchdown. And he had a good game, uh, eight catches for over 100 yards total. Uh, Justin Reed continues to play every game like he's getting better and better. And we gave him a lot of criticism. I know I did. He was also the fake Twitter page because I definitely don't believe that that's actually Justin Reed. And it got verified now, by the way, but uh, he called Rivers McCown on Twitter an asinine punk. So since that moment and since Anthony Weaver, who called a very good game defensively in the second half, throwing everything at the Indianapolis Colts that he could, uh, since he called BS a few weeks ago, Justin Reed has been playing on fire. And J.J. Watt had a very good game. And, and, and other defensive players on this roster – in the second half, played very well. But throughout the entire half, the man who I alluded to early in the show, Mr. $12 million, Whitney Merciless, didn't do anything, didn't show up. Nothing on the stat sheet or the eye test showed Merciless contributing to the defense. Uh, Brian Anger, who's a punter, had more tackles than uh, Merciless. I also think Buddy Howard had a tackle uh, over merciless as well but we're paying him too much money and this is a conversation that we're going to have throughout the week jacob martin who's an outside linebacker he had a sack today with limited snaps cody remember when he wanted double digit sacks in the beginning of the year and you asked me do i think he can achieve it why did i tell you no because he wasn't going to get the amount of time to do it and he's still not getting that amount of time and at some point when do we say you know what merciless is not the answer and with four games left no real way to make the playoffs He's not the answer at all for the future. Let's see what you can really get out of Jacob Martin giving him more playing time. Let's see what you can get out of the young buck in Grenard. But Merciless, a complete no-show. Like, if he if he worked with me, this is a write-up. This is a write-up offense. This is an offensive way. This is your last write-up because you've done this before. This is a part of your characteristic now. We can't have this. 
for paying you too much damn money. And where was he today? You tell me. He only shows up when he's in his contract year. How many times on this show have I alluded to every time he was up for a contract extension, that's when we saw the potential Pro Bowl linebacker that he has inside of him. Remember the year when he recorded about 12 sacks? That was in 20, what, 15, 14, somewhere along those lines? That was a contract year. You saw what he did in the first seven game of last year. It was his contract season when he recorded, I believe, five and a half sacks. He got his contract and he ended the season with seven. There is no possible reason for Whitney Merciless, forget the sacks, for Whitney Merciless to have the same number of tackles as you and I and the listeners is downright disappointing. Because when you have a guy in Jacob Martin who is basically dying to get out on the field. Every time he gets out on the field, he is showcasing what he can do, but yet you're still putting your trust and your faith in Merciless. For you to have a guy in Terrell Adams who's hungry, who's basically been leading this team in tackles. He did it last week against the Detroit Lions. He did it again this week against the Indianapolis Colts. For him, a guy who was literally interviewing for a sales job before he got the call from the Texans that they were going to put him on the practice squad for him to be the guy, the linebacker leading this team in tackles. That should say a lot about Whitney Merciless and that's no disrespect to him, but the performance that he is given just, it just doesn't make any kind of sense. And I also want to say for, for the Texans coaching staff, why are we not seeing John Reed? You saw what Eric Murray did on that blown coverage, right? Absolutely. That was also a part of my notes. Uh, the coach went for it on the fourth down early on. Houston had a great stop, and I thought to myself, okay, this would be the opportunity where they can get the ball and maybe flip the field a little bit. It'll be against them because of where the coach position was at the time, but I thought that was a perfect opportunity. And they went for it, and Murray was – he went on a blitz, it looks like, but – you know, kudos to the coach. They called a great play. Uh, Ha-Ha Clint Dix is still sitting in the free agency, by the way, but it's four and, games and left. And so is, so is Eric Reed. So is Eric Reed. I just want to throw that out there as well. It's four games left. You know, my, my only thought now is just when are we going to be able to see guys so we can have a full evaluation? We have an evaluation of the guys you have out there. It's pretty bad for the most part, but like I – Kudos to Anthony Weaver and the defensive game he has called in the last three weeks. He had a shutout defensively this game in the, in the second half, and that does not need to go uh, unpraised. Did a very good job of different schemes. Did a very good job of uh, looking and, and, and trying to win matchups and putting his players in the best position to win. And overall, since the BS call, have you noticed everybody's playing more disciplined have you noticed that J.J. Watt is not – he's not trying to uh, creep in more than he, than what he has before. He's playing his his role in his position, which has led to him getting the interception, a sack, uh, some tackles for loss. He's played better. Eric Murray, who had a bad, you know, moment today, he's also played better. Lonnie Johnson has played better. They're more disciplined on that side of the ball, and he's able to do more things by simplifying it which has allowed them to get better. And their game tackling, that was something that they did not do at the beginning of the year. Uh, that was around a time where Zach Cunningham had like 17 missed tackles. But you're right. When are we going to see 
John Reed because we know what we have in Philip Gaines. We know who, what we have in Murray. We know what we have in Vernon Hargraves. We don't know what we have. So my only question now is, what are we not seeing at practice? What's going on at practice? That's always a key thing. We forget about it as fans because we want to see guys out there that we haven't seen before because we get in our own hype. Maybe it's not connecting at practice. I'm not sure, but I can tell you this, Cody listeners, it ain't connecting on the game day either for some of these cats. It ain't connecting. Listen, it's not happening. Four games left. See what you got. Get on out. My favorite defensive play was the fourth and goal stop where Adams split uh, the offense, the blocker, to make the tackle. And that gave Houston an opportunity the last time to see if they can go out and win that ball game. I'm John, some sports guy, Hickman. Don't forget to follow us on Twitter at Locked On Texans. Like us on Facebook at Locked On Texans. Follow me on Twitter at some sports guy with two Ys. And overall, we're back for another week of Locked On Texans. I know I'm happy. Hard aching all. Hard aching all and, and, and being pissed off. Welcome back. And as always, I'm your host, Cody Davis. Please remember to follow me on Twitter at Cody Davis underscore 24. Once again, that's Cody, C-O-T-Y-D-A-V-I-S underscore 24. Until next time, ladies and gentlemen, peace. You are Locked On Texans, your daily podcast on the Houston Texans, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.